0: Bienvenido, familia. Gracias por llegar hoy a la junta. Fernando, acojólico vamos a orar. Dios, concédeme la serenidad para aceptar las cosas que no puedo cambiar, valor para cambiar aquellas que puedo y sabiduría para reconocer la diferencia. Fernando, acojólico como dije, bienvenidos. Espero que estén de buen espíritu, les caiga bien, Estas pláticas y seguimos ayudando, confiando en Dios, arreglando nuestras casas, nuestros hogares y trabajando con otros. Si no podemos confiar en Dios, debemos de ser. Gracias Dios que la regué. Gracias Dios que que la fallé un modo o otro dice gracias a Dios que se me pasó la oportunidad gracias a Dios todo el problema no es el problema el problema es nuestra actitud que no mencionamos el poder de gracia que está sobre nuestra cabeza por qué dijimos gracias cuando hay gracia sobre gracia sobre gracia Y cuando anunciamos que la regamos, que se nos pasó la oportunidad, nos quitamos del de orgullo, el ego, uh, todas malas intenciones y carácteres. Nos limpia, hasta nos limpia de estupidez. ¿Qué es una persona estúpida? Una persona que no puede aprender Una persona que ahorita se está poniendo colorada de la cara porque dije la palabra estupidez cuando dice esa es la forma lo tienes que decir gracias a Dios que he sido estúpido gracias a Dios que he sido estúpida gracias a Dios ahora me limpio la garganta me limpio el sistema diciendo eso hablo la verdad estoy bien con mi creador Y lo él me ayuda. Confiar en Dios. So, en este modo. No en el modo que usted. Si su vida no está trabajando. ¿Por qué me, uh, debe usar esta fórmula? Dele gracias a Dios por su vida exactamente como está. Y luego eh, abrimos el cielo. De más gracia a Dios. El sentido común es tan simple. La vida que no debe de ser dura. Gracias a Dios que no soy Dios. Gracias a Dios que la regué. Gracias a Dios que metí la pata. Y eso se siente bien en la alma porque es la verdad. Nosotros no somos Dios, familia. Yo cuando tomé creía yo, bien chingón, nadie me la y you no know, me la pone enfrente y al fin llegué. A la casa bien quebrado, dolorido, lleno de bofeteadas, bien chingón, ¿verdad? Yo le hablé a lo que yo no quería. Anyway, acá va. ahí va la lectura. Vamos a empezar otra vez con un Padre Nuestro, ¿ok? Padre Nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Véngase tu reino. Hágase tu voluntad, aquí en la tierra, como en el cielo. El pan nuestro de cada día, danos hoy. Y perdónanos por nuestros pecados, así como nosotros perdonamos a nuestros pecadores. Y no nos dejes caer entre malas tentaciones, mas líbranos de todo el mal. Porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria para siempre, siempre, Señor. Amén. Quédense. Hay que aprender. Yo... Deseo quedarme. Yo deseo aprender. El amor y el temor como cosas opuestas. El amor y el temor como cosas opuestas. Todas estas flaquezas generan el miedo. Que es en sí mismo una enfermedad de alma. Estamos uh, uh, leyendo del El libro. Reflexiones diarias por aa.org, punto org, que están gratis. Este libro una lección cada día hoy nos habla de los 12 pasos y 12 tradiciones página 46. Todas estas flaquezas generan el miedo que es en sí mismo una enfermedad de alma. El temor llamó a la puerta. Contestó la fe. Nadie estaba allí. Yo no sé quién dijo lo anterior, pero la verdad es que indica muy claramente que el temor es una ilusión. Yo mismo creo la ilusión. En mi juventud, yo experimenté el temor y pensaba equivocadamente que su mera presencia me hacía un corvarde. No sabía que una de las definiciones de valor es la disposición de hacer lo correcto al pesar del temor. El valor entonces no es necesariamente la ausencia del temor. Durante las épocas en que yo no tenía amor en mi vida, con toda seguridad tenía temor. Temor a Dios es tenerle miedo a la alegría mirando retrospectivamente. Me doy cuenta de que durante las épocas en que más temía a Dios, no había alegría en mi vida. Según aprendí a no temer a Dios, aprendí también a experimentar alegría. Amén. Qué bonita esa escritura. Lo voy a leer otra vez. Ahí va. En mi juventud. Yo experimenté el temor y pensaba equivocadamente que su mera presencia me hacía un cobarde. No sabía de que una de las definiciones de valor es la disposición de hacer lo correcto a pesar del temor. El valor entonces no es necesariamente la ausencia del temor. El valor para mí es decir, gracias a Dios que la regué. En esa forma le hablo a mi poder superior y me da fuerza a, a tener valor para hacer las cosas bien. Se me llena el corazón de amor y combate el temor cuando yo digo, gracias a Dios, que no entiendo esto. Gracias a Dios que estoy, me metí en esta situación. Esa es la gran situación que nos metimos por no estudiar. Nos metimos en esta situación por no leer las, por no leer tres, cuatro, cinco, seis horas al día para cambiar nuestras vidas. Si yo quería de verdaderamente cambiar mi vida, el problema es que la computadora no tiene bastante información para actuar bien en la vida. Y alguien me dijo en mi cara, no la vas a hacer, Fernando, si no lees seis horas al día. Seis horas al día. ¿Quién lee seis horas al día? Y, y me dice, ¿estás trabajando? Y dije, no, pues ahí está, puedes leer seis horas al día verdadera verdaderamente te gustaría cambiar. Y me dijo el, el, el patrón, me dijo el padrino. Es lo que me dijeron a mí. Y ahora él estaba bien arreglado en un traje. traje estaba hablándole a unas 400 personas en una junta. Y me miró a mí. Y, y yo le di gracias por su plática. Yo andaba con Levi's, después él, ahí él me dice, él con su esposa a un lado, bien formados, bien arreglados, bien inteligentes, y no eran así a un tiempo. Me pasó esa información y yo empecé a leer una hora, dos horas, tres horas, media hora, empecé a leer, empe- Cuando una persona te juntas con alguien que le gusta leer, sus mentes están prendidas. Su entusiasmo está en efecto. Su sabiduría está reflexándose en las palabras que la persona ha administrado en su vida. Ahora vamos a mirar es el 17 de hoy, el día. Vamos a ir a escuchar, a ver qué nos dice nuestro padrino. El padrino de Miles, que es el el rey Salomón, en su libro de Proverbios, Proverbios, ahí va. Él dice, mejor comer pan duro, Donde reina la paz que vivir en una casa llena de banquetes donde hay peleas. El sirviente sabio gobernará sobre el hijo sin vergüenza de su amo y compartirá la gerencia con los demás hijos. El fuego prueba la pereza del oro, pureza y de la plata, pero el Señor prueba el corazón. Los malhechores están ansiosos por escuchar el chisme. Los mentirosos prestan suma atención a la calumnia. Los que se burlan del pobre insultan a su creador. Los que se alegran de la desgracia de otros serán castigados. Los nietos son la corona de gloria de los ancianos. Los padres son el orgullo de sus hijos Las palabras elocuentes no son apropiadas, pero el necio, mucho menos las mentiras para el gobernante. El soborno es comer como tener un amuleto de la suerte. El que lo da prospera. Cuando se perdona una falta, el amor florece, pero mantenerla presente separa a los amigos íntimos. Cuando se perdona una falta, el amor florece, pero mantenerla presente separa a los amigos íntimos. El más efectivo un solo regaño al que tiene entendimiento que sean latigazos en la espalda del necio. Es más efectivo un solo regaño al que tiene entendimiento que cien latigazos en la espalda del necio. Los malvados están ansiosos por rebelarse, pero serán severamente castigados. Es menos peligroso toparse con una osa o lo que le han robado sus crías que enfrentar a un necio en plena necedad. En si pagas mal por bien, el mal nunca se irá de tu casa. Comenzar una pelea es como abrir las compuertas de una presa, así que detente antes de que estale la dispuesta. Absolver al culpable y condensar al inocente son dos actos que el Señor detesta. Es absurdo pagar para educar a un necio puesto que no tiene deseos de aprender. Un amigo es siempre leal y un hermano nace para ayudar en tiempo de necesidad. Es un insensate dar garantía por la deuda de otro o ser fiador de un amigo. Al que le gusta pelear le gusta pecar. El que confía en sus altas murallas, invita al desastre. El corazón retorcido no prospera. La lengua mentirosa cae en problemas. Los padres de un necio sufren. No hay alegría para el padre de un rebelde. El corazón alegre es una buena medicina, pero el espíritu quebrantado consume las fuerzas. Los perversos aceptan sobornos a escondidas para pervertir el curso de la justicia. Los sensatos mantienen sus ojos en la sabiduría, pero los ojos del necio vagan por los confines de la tierra. Los hijos necios traen dolor a su padre y amargura a los La que los dio a luz. Está mal castigar al justo para ser bueno por ser bueno y azotar a los líderes por ser honestos. El verdadero sabio emplea pocas palabras. La persona con entendimiento. Es serena. El verdadero sabio emplea pocas palabras. La persona con entendimiento es serena. Hasta los necios pasan por sabios y permanecen callados. Parecen inteligentes cuando mantienen la boca cerrada. ándale tengo que decaerme más verdad <risa> ahora vamos a leer algo de la viña para ver si tenemos una historia que no hemos leído esta se llama dos alcoholicos por Carlos M de Bakersfield California vinieron a pedirle ayuda pero quién la necesitaba Hoy en día me doy cuenta de cuántas necesidades tenía de ser escuchado, de compartir mis problemas, mis emociones y hasta mis euforias, hasta que me quedé en AA. Yo batallé para quedarme, a pesar de que el mensaje se me había pasado mucho tiempo atrás, dentro de una prisión. Al principio iba a las juntas porque no me quedaba otra, estaba encerrado De por vida, cumpliendo una condena, sentía la necesidad, pero no captaba el mensaje. Así pasaron trece años encerrado en una prisión, mi propia prisión, hasta que por fin llegué el día en que las puertas de la libertad se abrieron. Ya habían pasado tres años, mi adolescencia y juventud ya estaban yendo. Estaba ya libre en las calles físicamente, pero en mi interior seguía preso. Pasaron algunos años y yo seguía en actividad con las drogas y el alcohol. Un día me fui a vivir a Bakersfield en California y ahí conocí a mi vecino. Yo observaba que él tomaba demasiado alcohol. Siempre se la pasaba bebiendo y peleando con su familia. Un día nos pusimos a platicar y le pregunté si tenía problemas con el alcohol. Me dijo que sí, pero que no podía parar de beber. Entonces aproveché para decirle que había un lugar donde podía parar de beber y ahí quedó todo. Pasó un tiempo y yo todavía andaba activo con el alcohol y pasando el mensaje que ironía, que ironía. Una noche tocaron la puerta de mi casa. Yo ya me había tomado dos o tres cervezas. Abrí la puerta y era un niño. El hijo del vecino me dijo, Señor, le quiero hablar. ¿Le quiere hablar mi mamá? Llegué y en la banqueta estaba la señora sentada junto a su esposo tirado en el piso. Bien borracho y todo vomitado. La señora me preguntó, Oiga, ¿Usted cree que se puede hacer algo por mi esposo? Yo sé que usted va a Acohólico Anónimo. En ese momento me sentí impotente ante la situación y le dije, Sí, señora, yo lo puedo llevar a un grupo de AA. Pasaron los días, llegó el fin de la semana y el señor estaba listo para que lo acompañara. Fuimos a un grupo y se le dio la información. Lo seguí acompañando por un año, pero él no podía quedar. Tenía recaídas tras recaída. Al final de cuentas, el que festejó el primer año fui yo. Mi vecino siguió yendo al grupo y ya se quedó cuando yo cumplí mi segundo año y él festejó el primero Hoy me doy cuenta que gracias a este compañero por mi poder superior, me puse en el camino para que lo ayudara. Pude ayudarme a mí mismo. Además, me doy cuenta de la manera como trabaja el programa. Al final, mi libertad llegó. Carlos M. Bakershaw, California. Gracias, Carlos, y gracias a todos ustedes que, le, que mandan la su historia a la viña para oír, escuchar algo maravilloso y tan tan suave como esta que Carlos nos mandó y nos inspira darle gas, familia. Vamos a cerrar con un otro Padre nuestro, por favor. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre, vengase tu reino, Hágase tu voluntad aquí en la tierra como en el cielo. El pan nuestro de cada día, dándonos hoy y perdónanos nuestros pecados así como nosotros perdonamos a nuestros pecadores. Y no nos dejes caer entre malas tentaciones, mas líbranos de todo el mal. Porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria para siempre, siempre, Señor. Amén. Sigue rey familia. Dios lo bendiga. Welcome to Today's Daily Reflections. For the 17th, All These Failings Generate Fear, A Soul Sickness in Its Own Right. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 49. Again, All These Stumblings Generate Fear, A Soul Sickness in Its Own Right. And the title of today's reading is Love and Fear as Opposites. All right, let's go ahead and open this meeting. I'm Fernando, I'm an alcoholic and your secretary for this meeting, electronic. Let's go ahead and open it with a serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Our meeting for today will have three parts, the reading and talking about the daily reflections, the reading and talking about uh, the Proverbs of the day from our, my sponsor, King Solomon, who died 3,500 years ago, and a story from our beloved grapevine. That's the, the program of, the, of this meeting that's the format. That's the word i was looking the format of this meeting. I generally do the uh, King Solomon at the last, but for some reason or another, my um, higher power wants me to do in the second reading. So here we go. Daily Reflection. April 17th. <clears throat> Oops. It's in English and Spanish. Ha, ha, ha. I flip back and forth, and the second part says, El temor llamó la puerta, contestó la fe. And then down at the bottom it said, Fear knocked at the door. Fate answered. No one was there. I don't know to whom this quote should be attributed, but I certainly indicate very clearly that fear is an illusion. I create the illusion myself. I experienced fear early in my life, and I mistakenly thought that the mere presence of it made me a coward. I didn't know that one of the definitions of courage is the willingness to do the right thing in the spite of fear. Courage, then, is not necessarily the absence of fear. During the times I didn't have love in my life, I most assuredly had fear. To fear God is to be afraid of joy. In looking back, I realized that during the, the times I feared God most, there was no joy in my life. As I learned not to fear God, I also learned to experience joy. Let me read that again. This is for my own benefit. Alrighty. It says, fear knocked at the door. Fate answered. No one was there. It says, I don't know to whom this quote should be attributed to. But it certainly indicates the very clear that fear is an illusion. I create that mirage myself. I experienced fear early in my life, and I mistakenly thought that the mere presence of it made me a coward. I didn't know that the one of the definitions of courage is the willingness to do the right thing in spite of fear. Courage then is not necessarily the absence of fear. During the times I didn't have love in my life, I most assuredly had fear. To fear God is to be afraid of joy. And looking back, I realized during the times I feared God most, there was no joy in my life. As I learned not to fear God, I also learned to experience joy. Fernando Alcoholic, and my take on this is the fact is that I'm standing on a lot of grace, a lot of free given merits, a lot of things that are are. are are made out of love. You know, just being alive, having the air and the sun and and, um, the photosynthesis, the things that I need in my life so I can live a happy, serene life like vitamin D and no fear. Confidence that the sun and the world is turning is underlining confidence. Alcohol and drugs went in there and destroyed that. So I became fearful because I was doing... Fearful acts, acts that produce, that go against the grain of grace, of, of, of an abundance of free natural things, like kindness and enthusiasm and gratitude and acknowledging, you know, and acknowledging God. So I stopped acknowledging God and I got fearful because, I was really saying I was God. I didn't need God. No, I uncovered myself. I got this. You know, God gave me so much grace. I couldn't understand or see God. And then I started bumping heads with the law, with everybody else, with the girlfriend, with the wife. And things went out of control. And I didn't know how to get back into it. Hey, So the solution for me today is right away, nip it. Say, I thank God I'm a misfit. I thank God I flew off the handle. I acknowledge my higher power and I get right under his grace. I get forgiven. I thank God I need forgiveness. I thank God I'm, I'm a misfit. That in turn helps me to stand upright on standing on grace already. I'm not slopping it up. Not understanding grace, not wanting things my own way, and when God brings in the, the roughish to straighten me out some more, the discipline, the the discipline, the instructions, the uh, hey, uh, I'm having a brain fart. Now, there's a few other words for you know discipline, you know, and uh, uh, correction. That sounds like corroding, right? Correction very deep into the soul. When God brings correction to me, while I'm being operated, I'm, I gotta say, I thank you, God, I'm being operated. I thank you, God, I'm going through this situation. I thank you, God, I crashed my car. I thank you, God, she left me. I thank you, God, for this new bill. Everything is being used to discipline me in the right direction. See, God is so wise. He can use any situation, past, present, or future, to straighten me out. So what do you got? I give you my life, God, just as it is. Well, what do you got? Well, I got nothing but problems and uh, dreams and ambitions, and and I got a lot of misery. All right, no problem. Let's go ahead and put them in the incinerator, in the hopper, and we'll turn the wheel by thanking God that those things are eating your lunch. And then we have a God that on the other side will take our our mishaps And turn them to good because it will create love. Thanking God will create faith and love. You know, it will create a surrender. That's exactly what we need. Thank God for the things I've done in the past. Thank God for the ugly things I'm doing now. And thank God for the ugly things I will be doing in the future. Sounds a little radical. It's got to be radical, folks. So it will work. My same kind of thinking is what got me here. I need a different kind of thinking, assimilating, putting in the hopper, different kind of thinking. Amen. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I apologize for preaching to the crowd, to the masses in this electronic meeting. Let's go ahead and move on to our next reading with King Solomon, my sponsor who died 3,500 years ago, like I said. He said, Better is dry morsel so, Fernando with quietness than a full house full of feasting and offer sacrifices with strife. You know, when I get quiet and I and I let God be God and I You know, the the, the problem is I'm not seeing the grace upon grace, the blessings. I'm not seeing God work in his world because I'm not I'm not I can't see God I can see him working in countless ways right in front of me. And when I get convinced that he's working confidently and and through love of helping and fixing societies and families, then I get more confidence. And that confidence opens the door to more peace and faith that I turn things over and there's a power, a greater power, mighty power working on my half, which is my higher power and my soul becomes peaceful my soul becomes peaceful and my soul needs to be hooked up to the most high and what he's up to what are you up to god i want to be involved in it oh i'll wait for the instructions i'll sit here till you re- renew my spirit my life and my ideas sometimes i i i used to go in extremes in the, in the They used to like not eat for nine days, not eat for 10 days, four days, 21 days. Looking for this peace. Do you feel it? I feel the peace come on to us. Number two, a wise servant shall have rule over a son who causes shame and shall share in the inheritance among the brothers. That is us, folks the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold but the Lord tries the hearts the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold but the Lord tries the heart that's where you we I have to say thank you God for this situation I'm going through it's refining my heart <clears throat> getting things that shouldn't be there Like arrogance, uh, I did it my way. Uh, uh, What about me? What about me? Number four. An evildoer gives heed to wicked lips, and a liar listens to a mischievous tongue. Whoever mocks the poor reproaches his maker, and he who is glad at calamity shall not be held innocent or go unpunished. In other words, folks, bless the unfortunate, bless the homeless, say, God bless you homeless. Give them good thoughts and don't mock when the, our enemies fall and God clobbers them, you know what God uh, help them have mercy on their souls. Number six, children's children are the crown of all men and the glory of their children is their father. I have two sons and I have a daughter, I have children, And I have grandchildren, and they are my love. They're very fun to be with. Fine or arrogant speech does not befit an empty-headed fool, much less do lying lips befit a prince. A bribe is like a bright precious stone that dazzles the eyes and affects the mind of him who gives it. And if by magic he prospers, whichever way he turns. In other translations, this this is saying that, uh, well, it's kind of like preparing a gift for somebody and giving it to them. You, in your imagination of thinking of the person, will receive an incredible amount of joy and laughter and good vibes. And just like my higher power said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Right here, they call it a bribe, but I've seen it differently in other translations. He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who repeats or harps on a matter separates even close friends. He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love. A reproof enters deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred lashes into a self-confident fool, Isaiah 32.6. What's a reproof? Do you I fight, uh, get fired from your job? A reproof enters deeper into a man of understanding. Then a hundred lashes in a self-confident fool. So if you're a self-confident fool, which I was a self-confident fool, nobody can tell me anything. And the indicators is that they say, uh, you have an answer for everything. You know all things. Those kind of statements other people tell as they get in our face. But a reproof is intended by God to break the mole of self-confident foolishness. Problems are to break us from self-confidence, foolishness. Is it possible to disconnect from being a foolish person? Yep, by the formula I just gave you. That's how I did it. I thank God I'm a fool. I thank God I did that. I thank God it removes shame. Uh, it removes all kinds of foolishness, the seven kind deadly sins, laziness, uh, accusations, you know, and it gets us ready to receive more reproofs that will enter into a man of understanding. We will become a man or woman of understanding. <clears throat> Number 11, an evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a stern and pitless messenger shall be sent against him. See, there's some people that will always, an evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a stern and pitiless messenger shall be sent against him. <clears throat> a messenger is going to, and he's going to cry like a piggy cries chewy. <laughs> you know, uh, God will send his messengers. And if you keep at the same thing, it is, it is the messenger of Satan, the messenger of hellfire. And a lot of people go ahead. There's plenty of indicators that you're going the wrong way, and you and keep on being You Want to see how far you can push the envelope? See how far you can use contemption of society, of God, and others, and your own body. How much, how much your own body of of uh, pitiless uh, uh, actions you can do to it? It will take. Here is where I ask you to say, "Thank God, I'm a misfit," and you'll come. You'll see, you'll see life for what it is, what you're doing to yourself. You know, you got to pursue to to kill the life that God has given us because lack of love. There's, we don't find a solution in life. So we start turning on ourselves and more we can drink, the more we can brutally be a brute to people. The more food we can eat, the more, you know, just, we're just. So we say, I thank God I'm a hateful person. I thank God I hate. And in reality, you're hating yourself, hating society, hating everything around you, hating the way life has been formatted, has been made, that grace upon grace upon grace, love upon love, sincerity built upon sincerity, And we'll just rise to the top as soon as we start saying, thank you, God, for my life just the way it is. That's courage, folks. You talk about radical, brutal courage. Now use it against, now use that rebellion against uh, our unmerciful situation, you know, by thanking God for the, the problem. Let's move on. Verse 12. Let the brute ferocity of a bear, rather her whelps, her cubs, meet a man rather than a self-confident fool. It is folly. When he is enraged, when you get a self-confident fool that's enraged, jealousy, he thought he stole something, you know, unable to to trust and believe a self confident fool when he is in rage. You, you you can't tell him. You try to tell a person like that to thank God that he's in rage. He'll come and attack you and he'll hate you. That happens. But you got to take the chance, folks. You never know if there's an intelligent person inside of that person, or you can plant a seed for later, or plant your own seeds. Do your own self-surgeries. Make a surgery on yourself. I say, thank you, God, I'm enraged. Thank you, God, I'm a fool. Thank you, God, I can't break out of this foolishness. I keep doing it over and over again, getting me deeper and deeper into this hole. Number 13, whoever rewards evil for good, evil shall not depart from his house. Whoever rewards, and that's what we do. We're standing on grace and we're rewarding God's grace with evil. For one, we're not grateful for the for the bed and, and the food and the air and the sunshine. Not, mostly, we're, we don't go towards God to be thankful because we don't know how. You just thank him for your life just the way he is. And you won't be rewarding evil for good. Because evil just eats itself up, there's more evil and evil. Evil shall not depart from your house. There's no rest, there's nothing but mole, there's nothing but stink and all kinds of craziness in your house. There's hate around your neighborhood. You know, there's suspicion you can't sleep because of the, the wrong things you've done to others. All right, number 14. The beginning of strife is as when water first trickles from a crack in a dam. Therefore, stop contention before it becomes worse and quarreling breaks out. And the funny thing about it is that you start it with your own self first. The beginning of strife in your head is like water first coming from a crack in a dam. Therefore, if you stop it by thanking God for the crack in the dam... Before it comes worse and quarreling breaks out in your own head, and then you'd, you'd go and we'd take it out and do it again in the bar. As you start thanking God for the strife, you'll be able to plug up the holes with cement. It'll never be a problem again because you have gone to the source of life. You, we have gone into the molecular structure of the way things are built. Everything is built on, on thanksgiving and gratitude. And love. So as soon as you start thinking in it, uh, that negative will relieve you because you're now in the positive force of life. You're acknowledging you're part of that life. You're part of God's good goodness and grace. Once you start thanking God for the problem, you turn into the part of the solution. Solution it melts. The word itself, the solution melts the problem away, folks. I've been barking up the wrong tree all these years. My doing things my own way and not acknowledging God. Sorry guys, I'm talking to one person here out there. 15 He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both an abomination exceedingly disgusting and hateful to the Lord. Wow, what is exceedingly disgusting and hateful to God, to the Lord? He who says the wicked are good and he who condemns the right person for both doing good. This is an abomination. You know, there's a lot of examples you can go into in this thing. You know, like a person goes to a job and gets a job and he works at a, Retail serves serving the person and doing good and gets a nice car and then you get another person who uh, who gets a, a hotter car because he's selling dope and things and kids are taking Penelope or whatever and are dying out there and he gets a nice car and you a hotter car more and you and you praise the wicked god and you condemn the guy who's done it uh, correctly and honestly. That is disgusting and hateful to the Lord. Abomination. And in other words, a wrong use of the deity that's inside of us. A wrong use of the justice that is inside of us that we are easily can call a duck a duck. Number 16. Of what use is money in the hand of a self confident fool to buy skillful and godly wisdom when he has no understanding or heart for it? In other words, why send a fool to a college and spend eighty thousand dollars of your hard-earned money when they don't have any uh, desire or heart for it? And eighty percent of the people in the colleges are there instead of learning a trade. They a trade like a service trade, like building houses and constructive, and we're out there getting stupid careers like politics. What money is in politics? What money is on astronomy or things in that nature? Service for others. That's what we've got. What do you want me to do? How can I serve others? What's the best thing? I don't want to change oil on cars. (laughs) A friend loves at all times and is born as his a brother for adversity. A friend loves at all times and is born as is a brother for adversity. Thank God for your good friends, folks. Now that's grace upon grace. You can accept that, but you cannot accept a society that's trying to put together grace upon grace, and you gotta keep complaining about it instead of being part of it. Why well, I'm sorry I keep using the word you, you, you. I've seen the the Spirit of God must be talking to one person in here. I want to thank God for you and for the way of thinking and the way life has been dishing out to you. And it's got your attention now. You're starting to peek out. I said, there's got to be a better life than to be a condescending, corrupt, um, complaining, criticizing uh, individual. Turn it around. Thank God for your life. Just so it is. Thank God for all the wrong you've done in your life. And then you'll receive grace, upon water will be poured into your soul. And good sins will rise up. A man, void of good sins, gives a pledge and becomes security for another in the presence of his neighbor. Now, a fool will keep doing foolish things like signing, co-signing for another fool in the presence of a balanced neighbor. 19, he who loves strife and is a quarrelsome, loves transgression and is involving himself in guilt. You know, guilt breeds guilt, guys. So you have to do shameless things to feel shameful again because you're stuck. That's their drug of choice, shame. Our drug of choice is creating chaos so we can eat shame. That's our drug of choice. He who loves, look at that. The I'm in love with strife now. I'm in love with quarreling. I love transgressions now. And I involve myself in guilt, and guilt produces more guilt. He who raises high his gateway in its boastful and arrogant and vice destruction. <clears throat> he who has a wayward and crooked mind finds no good. Okay? And good has many qualities, God. If we find real good, we we are high on the mountain. He who has a wayward and crooked mind finds no good, and he who has a willful and contrary tongue will fall into calamity. He who becomes the parent of a self-confident fool does it to his sorrow, and the father of an empty-headed fool has no joy in him. 22, a happy heart is good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A happy heart is good medicine and a cheerful mind works healing. That is so important, guys. When you walk around in the morning, start moving those toes, start moving those ankles, get on and go for a walk. And thank God that your anatomy uh, structure, start going through all your anatomy and acknowledge it. And thank, I thank you, liver. I thank you for you. I thank you, heart. Thank you for your heart, strong muscles. I thank you, arteries. I thank you veins. And yeah, it's work. And as you concentrate and you turn on all the lights in your body, you're working up a happy heart. It's good medicine. And a cheerful mind works healing. You're thankful for these things. And as you say, I'm thankful for my toes. I can move my ankles. Good medicine is released by your body. There's about four chemicals from the hippopotamus all over your mind and cheerful dealings. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. <clears throat> I'm sorry that you have a broken spirit and I'm sorry that you have done everything you can to try to raise those bones up and be, you know, but just pessimism and won't leave you. And and you're just mean and and sad all the time. I'm sorry you're there. But please try and thank God for your broken spirit and your dry up bones. Thank him just the way you are. And the bones will revive. The broken bones will come together. And things will, if you, and the molecules will start changing with your acknowledging God and loving on them. See, there's always hope alive. Hope is always constant. And hope, faith, and trust. Trust God. Clean house. Thanking God for everything is cleaning house in your body. A happy heart is good medicine, a cheerful mind works healing. And working with others is our primary three-legged stool, folks. Recovery, service, and and, uh, unity. Okay. Number 23. A wicked man receives a bribe out of the bosom pocket to pervert the way of justice. A man of understanding sets skillful and godly wisdom before his face, but the eyes of a self-confident fool are in the ends of the earth. My eyes get stimulated with TikTok and foolish imaginations, and every time I reset it to Jim Rohn or Brian Tracy, the TikTok always goes back to destructive uh, life you know, yelling and cursing and craziness, and I keep resetting it, I keep putting down, I don't want to see these kind, I want to see positive things, it goes for a while, and then it reverts back to uh, a shameful, screaming, killing lifestyle, you know, so it is good, but we gotta keep pushing and looking for good, All right. A man of understanding sets skillful and godly wisdom before his face. Now, what is skill? Skillful is a person and godly wisdom is a person before our face. They become our trainers. And we, in turn, reflect that. We shine with wisdom when we put our face in words, when we read books. We set skillful and godly wisdom before our face. And skillful and godly wisdom is in the printed material. People that have gone a lifetime have learned what, what the spiritual realm does to the natural realm, and it brings it out in words, and we read the words, and we're setting skillful <clears throat> and godly wisdom into our face. Brilliant people before us, you know, that, for instance, Bill W. Writings, if you haven't got into the Bill writing books. There, there is there. He's got the spirit of skillful and godly wisdom <clears throat> sent from heaven above. But they ask for that, so let let us ask God right now. God, we ask you for skillful and godly wisdom to be set before our faces that will always go with us everywhere we go, that we may be a people of understanding. And we set skillful and we set godly wisdom before our face. Amen. Higher power, allow us to have that. But the eyes of a self-confident fool are in the ends of the earth. A self-confident and foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. To take care of yourself in this world and learn how to make a living and produce life is, is your father's and your mother's a highest wish for you. You give them peace when you do that. You give them peace when you're able to take care of yourself. That is a wonderful thing. Also to punish or fine the righteous is not good, nor to smite the noble for their uprightness. It's amazing how people that are doing right and good get clobbered in the head either by by government and others, and the people who are doing bad get rewarded with with checks and so forth by the government. You know, it's like you get fined for going to college and getting good education and learning how to earn more money. I said, well, well, let's take it from the rich. They're, they've done it, you know. I don't know, guys, but this says right here in scripture, so that's why we see the injustices and, and handed down even in other areas and also, to punish or find the righteous is not good. You know, a lot of people that are cowards that don't go after the wicked, but attack the righteous because the righteous is, is is easier targets. You've seen that happen, you know. To smite the noble for their uprightness is not good. He who has knowledge spares his words. Uh-oh, this is the one that punches me in the stomach. He who has knowledge spares his word, and a man of understanding has a cool spirit. Here it goes. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is a of man understanding. Amen. See, today I spoke too much. I got in the way of a lot of these readings. No, I, I, I'm a fool in some of the areas, and that foolishness, has to be arrested. So I thank you, God, that I'm a fool in so many of these areas. I, in other words, I use the word you too much. He who has knowledge spares his word, and a man of understanding has a cool spirit. Amen. I want to be a man of understanding and be cool in my spirit. Don't all of us do? Don't all of us want to do that? <clears throat> like I promised, I was going to read an article of The Grapevine as our format. I just turned to The Grapevine. The year is 2019 of November. The article is on page 49. It's called Hidden Treasure. Here we go. Meeting locked. Sponsors unavailable. Everything shut down because of COVID. Angry as hell. What this newcomer to do. Thank God he had a love for old books. (laughs) Beautiful article. And do you think I picked this article by coincidence? I picked it up at random, folks. There's no coincidence. When we start delving into grace upon grace, these are the God shots that we get. Is that God or is that odd? Here we go. Although having a higher power is a central tenet of AA, there are many among us who often doubt whether such an entity actually exists. We believe in AA, all right, and its power to change lives, but somehow we can't quite accept that there is something out there greater than ourselves. I suppose I used to count myself among those individuals. But a few years ago, something happened that shook my non-fate, and it involved grapevine. (laughs) I came to AA almost literally kicking and screaming after more than two decades of increasingly out-of-control drinking. DUIs had brought the full force of the law down on my head, and the courts required me to attend three meetings a week. Plus outpatient treatment. They could make me go, I told myself, but they couldn't make me listen or like it. After about a year of fighting it and getting in increasing trouble with the law to the point of spending three weeks in a work-related program, I began to accumulate some physical sobriety. My mental state, however, remained tenuous or stubborn. After a little more than a year of not drinking, there came an unseasonable warm Saturday in a Seattle in mid-May. An argument with my teenage son, a not infrequent occurrence, put me in a furious mood. I went over to my mother's house where further family strife made me made long for a drink. Made me long for a drink. I set off on a walk, unsure where I was going perhaps to a meeting or perhaps to my favorite AO house just a few sharp blocks away. I called my sponsor, no answer. Was that a sign? I decided to head over to the local recovery support house. I had been there many times, escaping the drinking of my mother's home and finding relief in the company of other sober people. The the house offered multiple meetings per day, so I was sure to find one or at least a friendly ear. I arrived at the door only to find it locked. I peeked inside. The inside was dark. Another dead end. Was that a sign? I stomped off. The bar was practically around the corner. Blindly, I walked in the opposite direction. I was curious. Where to next? I felt like I had nowhere to turn. Perhaps I just wasn't meant to be sober. I turned back towards my mother's house, still wondering what to do. I was a block away when a pile of books and magazines in front of someone's yard had caught my eye. As I am a book addict, I wandered over and there amidst the trashy paperbacks and old cooking magazines was the November 2014 issue of Grapevine. Huh, I literally couldn't believe my eyes. It was staring right at me, brimming with light. I looked up and down the empty street. I looked back at the magazine. Who, who had put it here this year? I looked closer. woman had put them out on the street. The cover story featured the headline, A Girl from the Midwest, An Alcoholic Gay Woman Finds Sobriety and Acceptance in the AA. The subheading stated the theme of the special section, Sober and Out. The image of the front was the profile of what appeared to be a young African-American woman. The irony was not lost on me. I am not from the Midwest. I am not gay, and I am sure not a young African-American woman. But I was pretty darn sure I was an alcoholic. One more thing I was pretty sure of it is that finding that copy of the magazine on a stranger's Lawn was not an accident. I knew my higher power had placed it just where I could find it at just the moment I needed it most. That was more than two years ago. I'm still sober, still working a program one day at a time. I'm still trying to carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffered, and I'm definitely grateful. I have never again found a copy of Grapevine anywhere other than in an AA meeting But that one time was enough. My higher power was sure, was looking out for me that day and continued to do so. I don't need any more signs. The powerful memory of that hot Seattle day is enough for me. David H. from Seattle, Washington. Woohoo! I'm Fernando Alcoholic. My two experiences with grapevines... Oh, coincidental, strange—is that odd or is that God? I was, uh, I was going to this treatment facility uh, that I told you about here, where they, I guess, the people uh, pay a thousand dollars. The insurance company do, and there is kids from all over the world. Excuse me, all over the United States that come to this uh, California Aurora a hospital a rehab, whatever. But the point I am making—they had seven a.m. meetings. 7 a.m. meetings. And some of the guys after that used to go to the local gym and work out. I kind of lost my thought train. How does that have to do with the grapevine? Some of the guys, we would go to the 24-hour to the gym and get on the uh, on the elliptical, whatever that machine is named, the one that you kind of you act like you're running and you're pulling the handles back and forth in your feet. It's pretty cool, that was one of their favorites. And I saw an old guy about my age do it for a year and his body looked like a 17 year old. And After about a year, I said, wow, that was a easy, but he would do it for an hour. I would do it for a half hour. Needless to say, one day I, I, they all graduated and they left, You know, they left the area so I didn't see them no more. And I went, as my habit is, after the meeting I went to the gym to go get on this machine. And I said, well, I'm gonna go all the way to the last machine where it's quiet. As a matter of fact, there was hardly anybody there in the gym in that morning, around 10.30 in the morning, 10 o'clock. So I went to the last machine in that gym, way out there, they had about 10 of them, where it was quiet, where there was no TV playing because they had TVs glaring, and, um, They got them on negative news, so I just wanted to get away from that. I went all the way to the right, and lo and behold, there was a brand new grapevine on that last one where hardly anybody goes to that corner, on that machine, staring at me. And I said, is that odd or is that God? So, And I realized that I can read it as I'm on that machine, and I can put up my headphones and listen to the music, and I can... Read two or three stories and then bring you the best one. Is that odd or oh, that's God? I got one more story. I was in Sacramento and I was just thinking about this. Somebody turned in oh about a hundred grapevines from the fifties to the two thousand something. Somebody had passed away and somebody brought all those grapevines. I mean, just a ton of them. And I asked the secretary, "Hey, can I grab them?" He goes. You can grab as many as you want, he wanted. Because they were just, you know, they just had too many grapevines. They were used to having a little box that says, take one, read one, bring it back, or whatever. And uh, it was always, for years, just very small. And I saw those grapevines, and I grabbed about 25, 30 of them, and I didn't want to be too greedy. And then I thought about it, man, I should have grabbed more. So the next few months, I went back in that Sacramento area. I live in Los Los Angeles area. And I'm in that meeting group where I started some morning meetings. And sure enough, I asked again. I said, take as many as you want. I grabbed about 100. (laughs) I should have grabbed a whole lot and started my collection. My idea of collecting. And that's what I'm doing today. If you have any grapevines, please send them to me. You know, uh, send them to the uh, uh, Glendora, California, 91740, Central Office of Alcoholic Anonymous. I don't know, I'll pay the postage. <laughs> but I don't know what the address is over there, and they don't know I'm doing this, but they sure know me there. They actually owe me two books. I got to go pick them up. And I asked for two Spanish books, a 12 and 12 in Spanish and a, a big book in Spanish because I gave mines away. I can't seem to hang on to them. Another story I wanted to tell you is that I, picked, I started reading an article from 1967 and the grapevine there. In, and then from there, I, the next morning, I drove down to Antioch where Pittsburgh where my wife's parents are at, when my wife was at. And I went into a local meeting and they had me speak for 10 minutes. And I'm like a dummy raising the grapevine in this meeting. And one guy in the back says, can I have it? I said, oh God, I should, you know, I was telling him how I enjoyed this story of the grapevine. And I said, sure, you know, <laughs> and reluctantly, I, I, I'm greedy. I gave him the 1967 article in The grape Mine, the whole thing. And then the next couple of days, we go down, another hour and a half drive down to go visit the grandkids in Highway 99. And we stay overnight. In the morning, I run to the 7 a.m. meeting in Turlock, California called Simply AA. What a fabulous name. They got a big sign out there on Lander Avenue off Highway 99 called Simply AA, 7 a.m. meetings, noon meetings, and afternoon meetings. I go to the 7 a.m. meetings, and their custom is to have, in that group, to have grapevines uh, lying on the table where you're having coffee. You know, they're just spread out here and there, free for the taking. So there's a there's a stack there, and I'm my running my hands to the stack, and I said, I'm going to pick one at random, you know, uh, even though I had 100 in my car, right? I need one more. Just like a rich man, you tell him, how much money is enough? He says, one more dollar is enough. So to me, one more grapevine is enough. Here's the point, folks. I grabbed the same issue, 1967. You would think I'm lying. I got that issue somewhere around here. And I must have read the article over and over. I said, what article am I supposed to learn? What does God want me to teach me? This is too coincidental. How can I pick up a grapevine in Sacramento, West Sacramento, East Yolo Fellowship, take it down to another fellowship, fully clothed in right mind in Antioch. And these are all the groups I started, except for the one simply AA. And then run to another group and find the same article I just given away. That is the truth, folks, that mathematical, that God moves the earth the way he wants to and he says i like to show my the ones that are close to me what i can do marvelous marvelous wonderful wonderful words of life thank you so much for coming in here i'm long-winded today for some reason or another i did a podcast with some some aa people uh, yesterday, and I'm all wound up for this, I forgot to, I'm having the meeting after the meeting, which the stuff I forgot to tell them, and we just couldn't get all the podcasts in, in an hour and 10 minutes, you know, it's just like, how long is your story, Fernando? Well, let me tell you, I just have to get sober right away, that's, that's the merciful thing I can do for myself and others, get sober quickly, when you're out there sharing, write it down on your hand, get sober, get in the romance of your AA walk. What was it like? What hooked you? What words hooked you to AA? What sustained you? You know, in the midst of trials, what words kept you afloat? To me, it was the slogans. To me, it was the the camaraderie and the happiness and the faces and the cheerful smiles of the people who had... Money, property, and prestige, and we're hanging on to it and use it for good. What was good? Taking vacations, buying sports cars, enjoying life for good. That got my attention, folks. That's what I was striving for anyway. But alcohol was just kept destroying, kept going lower and lower. There was no hope whatsoever. I didn't think the problem was going to work when I came into AA. I certainly didn't think this was going to get... You're going to get the job done. It's going to give me a new life? A bunch of alcoholics? Ha! Huh. It worked. Keep coming back, folks. It's working dramatically. Thank you. Let's finish off with a third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage yourself, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.